This episode of the Hustle the Day podcast, I have David Alto. David took an opportunity of looking for a job, turned it into becoming a LinkedIn expert, and now offers LinkedIn career and resume coaching. He has a story that I think a lot of people can relate to. Let's jump into it. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Hustle of the Day podcast. My name is Trent, and I am very honored to have David Alto here today. So excited to have you on. David, why don't you jump in and tell us a little bit about yourself? Sure. So thank you for having me on, first of all. I really appreciate it. A uh, little bit about what I do, uh, you know, career coaching, resume coaching. Uh, I really enjoy uh, LinkedIn profile advice, making sure people, yeah, you know, uh, know exactly how to get the most out of their LinkedIn profile, even if maybe it could be even for a particular uh, business or company. And, uh, you know, uh, I got some interesting things to share, so I won't ruin all of them uh, right now. <laughs> I am new. I am new into officially my role, kind of, sort of, but we'll get more into that later. <laughs> right. Yeah. You're, you're new in doing it full time. However, you have been doing it before and, you know, experimenting with LinkedIn and, uh, you know, just finding out what makes people tick and you've managed to turn it uh, into a business now, which is awesome. Yeah, no, it's been a, it's been a good ride so far. Yeah. So tell me a little bit about how you got into LinkedIn and, you know, how you decided that was the platform that you resonated with. Sure. So uh, I had to go back and look a couple of months ago because somebody asked me and I didn't remember. Uh, but uh, I started, uh, I got a LinkedIn account back in 2012 and um, I was recently unemployed in 2012 all of a sudden. So I uh, got a LinkedIn profile like everybody does. And then I played with it, kind of did nothing with it. Uh, early 2019, uh, the company that I worked for, uh, we were going to sell our company. Uh, then we were going to franchise. Then we were not going to sell. Then we we're going to sell again. Went to court about selling. Anyway, so, you know, I did not, uh, at 50 years old, I did not want to find myself uh, out of work. So got on LinkedIn again and started being very active on LinkedIn, trying to understand it. Uh, early 2019 is when, you know, LinkedIn started to change just a little bit. Uh, at least that's from my experience and others that I talked to. And I learned all the wrong things to do when looking for a job on LinkedIn. <laughs> and, and when I learned those, I shared them with the community in a, in a post. And, uh, you know, by constantly sharing, I was learning at the same time. And so it did that. I uh, learned all the things, the wrong things to do on LinkedIn. And I constantly, you know, share them today, share them with my clients. Uh, and uh, I guess that's kind of how everything kind of happened on LinkedIn for me. That's very cool. I like that you took those experiences and uh, learned from them and not only learned from them, shared them with people because people were going to make those same mistakes as you. It's, it's just inevitable that that would happen. Uh, so that's very cool that you share that with people and uh, it's now helped develop your own brand more or less. Yes. And you know, I, I was actually looking for work on LinkedIn. I wasn't looking to do this, you know, as a, um, you know, as a leader uh, and, you know, being responsible for an awful lot of uh, people, uh, a lot of direct reports um, you know, I've always been that giving back leader. I, I think we should always, you know, um, we learn something, uh, you know, why don't you empower more people to, 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 to learn, to do. 
and uh, that makes the organization better. Of course, makes your direction reports better. So, you know, I, again, I've always kind of given resume advice and advice just in general. So LinkedIn became an easy way for me to continue to do that. And I kind of honed my skills for months and months and months. I gave away free resume advice, LinkedIn advice on LinkedIn for months, probably about four or five months. And um, I did that just because it was fun uh, until somebody decided that, that, no, I'm gonna pay you, David. So tell me a price. And then after that, I allowed myself to say, I must be okay. So yeah. <laughs> I, guess I, could, I guess I could charge people now. So. Well, yeah, especially if people are offering to pay you and, you know, saying <laughs> rather than just this, oh, it's a free resource. Great. I'll just use it. They're saying, no, 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 this is valuable. I've got to pay you something for this. That's very cool. So you mentioned that you are elite, that you've, you know, always uh, given resume advice and, you know, you've kind of got that mentality of, you know, leading people through example and uh, whatnot. Who would you say has been most influential on, who you've become to kind of make you that way today? Sure. Um, when I was a store manager, I had a district manager uh, uh, named Kevin Osborne that really saw something uh, in me. And uh, even when I didn't think I could be a district manager, you know, multi-unit uh, unit manager managing multiple uh, retail locations, you know, he saw something in me as an individual, as a leader in my own store. and. You know, Kevin gave me a book every other month to read. And then I owed him a book report after I got the reading. <laughs> I did. And I enjoyed that because then you, you got to put down on words, you know, what you learned. So he got me to see the world differently, uh, see the world of a, of a leader differently. And that move from a retail manager to a district manager is the biggest probably in any industry because you are no longer doing the same job basically the only thing that's the same is the sign on the you know uh, above the the doors when you walk in right because uh, it is a different role and you know we started not talking about the business that started talking about what do servant leaders do they share they're constantly sharing uh and uh and again, uh, those books strategically, I look back um, and then I started doing those, uh, you know, I, I, I read a book. I, I was starting to on it right away thinking, who could I give this book to and what would they benefit from it? Hmm. And occasionally I do a book report uh, when I read an awesome book, especially if it's one of, from one of my LinkedIn connections. I'll do two or three days worth of a, like a book shout out book review uh, just because, uh, you know, if I read a book that's impactful. I want other people to be able to gain from that as well. That's awesome. What's the uh, latest book that you've that you've read? Oh boy. Um, well, I read I reread um, the Seven Habits of Highly Effective People only because I came across a couple individuals that I thought could benefit from it. Mm -hmm. uh, I and the audio version of that book is is the best because the author actually. You get to hear from the author, and right. that's amazing at any time, at least for me. And when I used to travel for work, because I traveled about two or 3,000 miles via car every month. So a lot of audio books. Uh, yeah. Yes, <laughs> a lot of audio books. So um, Seven Habits is just an amazing book. In fact, it was one of the first real, uh, uh, really, 
that book got me to think deeper, just not about myself, but about others and how I led. And so that was one of the definitely the books that I continue to read. And I probably listen to that audio version of it two or three times a year. Okay. Very cool. I'm going on a road trip here uh, this weekend. So I've, I've got a couple of audio books loaded up. Granted, I'll have kids in the car, but so it'll get interrupted. But <laughs> that's good to know that uh, Seven Habits is read by the author because I do usually appreciate when the author's the one who's, who's actually reading the audio book. So very cool. You've, you've got a lot of great experiences on LinkedIn and that's kind of been your bread and butter. But uh, what, what would you say is kind of the future of LinkedIn? Where do you see it going? You've mentioned there's some changes that already happened. Where do you see sure. it going from here? Sure. I mean, I see it easily doubling in size in the next year, year and a half as people, you know, I'm constantly finding people on LinkedIn that uh, say, Dave, you know, I jumped away from maybe that other, you know, uh, that other site uh, to come onto LinkedIn. And then sure enough, they have a great experience on LinkedIn. And again, it isn't, it, I, I still, I meet people uh, out in the real world, not, not the LinkedIn world, but out in the real world every day. And uh, they still think it's for recruiters and they hmm. think it's for people looking for a job. There's still people out there and it's much more. I have developed true relationships with people that we've taken offline that we probably won't do business together ever, but you know, genuine friendships, either meet them for coffee, maybe zoom because they live in Texas or they live in Australia. Uh, so, you know, you can make genuine relationships and you can learn and you just got to, and you got to share and you got to interact. Don't just like a post. Don't just like a post. Do me a favor. If you like it, don't, don't hit the like actually comment. Tell the author of that post or article, video, you know, what you appreciate about that, uh, that post. Yeah, I think that's transferable across all the social media platforms because, you know, yeah. Instagram is, you know, hiding likes and whatnot because they want real interaction. They don't want, you know, just a click of a button. They want somebody to actually engage in the content. And, you know, LinkedIn has a lot more potential growth in terms of uh, native content and you know, uh, you know, you don't have to pay to to show your content to everybody. Uh, yes. But again, they they value that uh, interaction and those that talking to people. Uh, you know, recently I noticed a big change in uh, uh, Gary Vaynerchuk, who uh, you know has been a big proponent of LinkedIn more recently throughout this last year, uh, just because he sees the value in the platform as well. So that's. That's great that you're ahead. That you were already ahead of that curve, uh, because it's it's one of those things where it's like oh, yeah, I probably should be paying a little bit more attention to LinkedIn, and really it makes a lot of sense when I'm interviewing entrepreneurs and those who get out there and hustle. They they're going to be on LinkedIn, so I, I I'm going to take a lot out of this and try and apply it in my own life. Sure. Um, so you recently just went out on your own, uh, like we talked about you. Uh, you had been working on this before, before leaving the corporate job. <clears throat> but since you have uh, left that corporate job, have you, first of all, what's, what's kind of been your biggest failure and what have you learned from it? Sure. Well, yeah, I've um, not quite a month into full time, you know, you know, yet uh, leaving uh, December 13th is, is when I left it, uh, you know, uh, my corporate job. But anyway, so biggest 
failure. Well, you know, I, 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 I'm gonna, I'm gonna reverse that. A lot of people that I talk to say that, you know, they just maybe up and quit, or then they, then they start it. So, or they grow. Uh, maybe they do what I did, and you know, but they didn't have that big of a presence. So I already had an awful lot of followers when I started. So my posts get more views, get more comments, uh, get more interaction. So I'm, I'm very glad that I did it, very happy uh, <laughs> that I did it the right way. I mean, I built my presence, my following, my connection, and then I introduced my new business. And that allows me to continue to uh, get business. Um, you know, being a multi-unit uh, manager, district manager for a very long time, you know, kind of work remotely anyway. I mean, my boss only comes out two or three times a year to see me. So uh, I'm very disciplined with my with my time, you know, working from home can, if you've never done it before, uh, people think it's easy, but there's a lot of distractions. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, and friends think, that if you're working from home, you can go to the gym anytime you want. Now, maybe you can fit it in the middle of the day where you couldn't in your nine to five job, but you still end up putting in an awful lot of work. Um, so I don't know if I really have one thing, to, but uh, I think the one thing I'd, well, I'd like to share is, again, you know, build your presence wherever you're at, because if you do go out on your own, how are you going to continue that? new business coming in, right? That you need now because you don't have that steady paycheck, you know, coming in, you know, once or twice or once or, or you know, a few times a month there. So uh, I think that's the advice I'd give. Yeah, absolutely. I, I totally understand that and uh, can relate to that because a lot of times in my experience, I just jump into it. I don't, I don't wait for the right moment. I don't wait for the right time. And that hurts sometimes is, uh, you know, because I, I don't have that established presence like you did. Uh, but you know, there's, there's also a, the opposite point of what if you wait too long and you never oh, end yeah. up doing it. So, well, uh, yeah. And that's why, uh, you know, I didn't wait too long meeting, you know, I was doing my nine to five job and still finding time, making time mm-hmm. to, you know, in the morning, you know, after work weekend didn't matter. You know, I was making time because I had to prove to myself, of course, and my wife uh, <laughs> that, that, that I could sustain this if I went full time because there is no way, you know, I could, you know, do this 100 percent and get what out of it I wanted without leaving my nine to five job. But I had to prove again to myself to my spouse that I could do this. And I think that's why you gotta, you know, struggle or, you know, I look back at that three plus months I did that, which felt a lot longer than three three plus months. Uh, But I needed that really to prove that I could. I am a definitely a planner, but I don't wait either. So, okay. I mean, I'm a doer. So if that makes sense. That, that's uh, like the perfect combination. Something. It is, right? <laughs> uh, actually, for your head, sometimes it is. Uh, but I am a planner. But then uh, I put that plan into motion. And I, I guess I don't wait too long. There you go. And so you, with, your, um, with your experience on LinkedIn and, you know, 
turning this into a business before you turned it into a business. What What's kind of a challenge that you came across that you didn't expect to face? Oh, sure. That's easy. I had uh, imposter syndrome for a long uh, time. Now, that gets thrown out there a lot. And <laughs> so what is imposter syndrome? It's when um, you are just not allowing yourself to say you're good at something. Now, in my previous career, I can say I was great at it. Why? I did it for a long time. I know I was great. The numbers prove it. Uh, so, but when things come quickly to people like it did with me on LinkedIn, when I say quickly, I mean less than a year, way less than a year. Um, when things come quickly to us, sometimes we have a hard time saying we're good. So I suffered from it. Uh, I think I was in remission and then I got it again. And, uh, I actually had a phone call earlier today that so and that that imposter syndrome has popped up yet again, uh. but it's, it's a new venture. Uh, and I, again, when things are new to us, sometimes we have a hard time saying we're good. But you know what? You know, they do say fake it until you make it. Um, I think part of that is uh, part of that is true, and you do have to surround yourself with people that can say that you're good. And if your customers are, then darn it, just be quiet, accept <laughs> it, and move on. Right? But right. Uh, sometimes that brain gets in the way, and uh, that imposter syndrome is uh, is is truly a thing uh, for some of us. Absolutely, it is. I I totally can relate to that. Uh, however, I think. The, the thing you have to remember is um, to really teach someone, all you have to do is stay one lesson ahead of them. And so to somebody like me who, you know, has a whopping, you know, 200 connections on LinkedIn, just because I haven't put an effort into it. It's like looking at yours, it's like, wow, this guy's really got it figured out. And even if you've got um, 5,000 connections and, you know, the guy you're helping out only has 4,000 connections. You're still ahead of him. You know, I know that connections aren't necessarily the best way to measure it. However, you know, it's a a way I can relate it. So, um, I, I totally understand the imposter syndrome and, uh, you're, you're doing great stuff. Just the, what I've looked up, uh, and researched about you before, uh, we started recording or before we, you know, connected, um, you're you're definitely not living the the typical imposter of uh, you know <laughs> I'm I'm an internet guru I've got this rented Lamborghini I'm going to teach you how to become rich and you're going to make me rich in the process that's definitely not not your mo so <laughs> no I um, you know my videos can be silly at times they can be informative at times uh, I am just myself and. You know, you need to do that. Sure, you know, there's others that I uh, gain maybe little um, experiences or, or take little things from them, but you have to be yourself um, because if you're not genuine, immediately your followers, your connections, they will truly know. So, you know, I don't edit my videos. Sure, now I do put little text and stuff. So if you're hearing impaired or you're in the office and you know, get your earbuds in, you can, you know, listen to them. And some t- most of the time I put the little, some little headlines and make my videos great. But in the beginning, I can tell you, I never did that. And, uh, you know, I hear this all the time. Well, Dave, until I get this, I'm not going to 
you know, post or share anything. You know what? I didn't do that. I still look back at uh, some of the videos I did and uh, they were horrible. And, but it, again, you don't get, uh, you don't get okay. Then you don't get good. Then you don't get great uh, yeah. until you just put it out there. Yeah. And I, I agree. If you listen to, uh, you know, my first couple of podcasts, I'm, I'm awful at interviewing people. I'm still not great, but I'm, I'm working on it, you know, and, uh, it's one of those things. You just got to put it out there. You got to get at it and then, you know, figure it out along the way. So I appreciate that, uh, you can be a guinea pig for me a little bit here, but, um, you, you really struck a chord though on the authenticity though. Uh, people can just see right through it now, nowadays on, online. uh, there was a time where people couldn't see through that and it was really successful for people, but you definitely have to be your authentic self and people resonate with that because there's, you know, 7 billion people in the world. You're going to find your tribe. You're going to find the people who resonate with you. Not everybody's attracted to the same type of people and the same type of uh, personality. So uh, you've really hit it there. You got to be your authentic self and that's, what's going to really help your grow your following. I think there's something, there's something to say without being, per, you know, you don't need to be perfect, right? You just got to be you. And even if you're, you know, even if you're pitching to a big business or maybe it's the biggest deal that you've ever done or whatever, you still don't need to be perfect. And like you said, you got to, you know, they're looking at you as the subject matter expert for a reason. Mm-hmm. So accept it, embrace it. And, just do it. Yeah, absolutely. So it sounds like you're definitely out there hustling, you know, working towards uh, making this even more successful than your, your previous career. How, how do you personally define the word hustle? Boy, uh, hustle. You know, I hear, you know, side hustle or whatever. I mean, come on, it's, they're all jobs, right? You know, uh, but, you know, hustle. So you need to be determined. Okay, so this is today's what the, well, I better not say the date because (laughs) we won't air the same day. But all right, it's the beginning of January 2019, (laughs) right? A lot of people have goals, right? Mm -hmm. So how do we hustle to achieve those goals, right? So Mm -hmm. one, it's got to be attainable. Uh, You've got to break it down. And I think same thing with, you know, uh, whatever, you know, your hustle or whatever it is that you got. You got to break things down to the ridiculous meaning, you know, you can't have big goals again, you know, brand new year. People got goals, lose 60 pounds. Your goal should never be to lose 60 pounds. You should be goal to first eat right, maybe exercise, maybe change some things in your, um, your daily life that allow you to, you know, exercise or, or whatever. So, uh, hustle for me just means knowing what you want and putting plan in action surrounding yourself and sharing that hustle with others. It can't just live up here. Your dreams cannot just live up here. You need to get others involved. Could be people on LinkedIn, could be family, friends, coworkers, whomever. But uh, hustle for me means having a plan, putting it in motion and surrounding yourself with others that can help you achieve that uh, hustle or goal. That's very cool. I, I like that you mentioned involving others because that that's not something you always hear but it's really beneficial it's absolutely uh, crucial to 
uh, have those around you, you know, cheering you on and helping you even on those times where you don't feel like accomplishing that goal. You know, somebody can nudge you and be like, hey, remember, this is the goal. Don't forget it. And it can make a big difference between achieving that goal or not achieving that goal. So I like that you involve those people. I think about it like addictions, right? And I'm not relating that, you know, totally here. But again, you know, uh, I've known some people that have had some addictions. They have to surround themselves with caring the right people, obviously, Mm -hmm. right? Depending on whatever it is, right? You surround yourself with the right people because you have to have a support system. So if you have a goal, yeah, you know, if you have a, uh, you know, you want to start a new business, you have to share it. Surround yourself with people that maybe know a little bit more about the, you know, particular, you know, section of your business that you want to get into advice or whatever, but you just have to surround yourself. And that's what I think I did with the, you know, LinkedIn. I just surrounded myself. Uh, there's been plenty of people on LinkedIn willing what I thought what influencers in the beginning, which they, they, they are, but I like the word contributor better. Mm-hmm. Um, influencer to me just has that uh, stigma to it. Anyway, uh, there are plenty of people on LinkedIn that are willing just to pick up the phone and answer a question without you know, any money exchanging uh, ever, maybe no deal, never. Again, maybe they see something and there's, you know, you asked me earlier who's really, you know, in, influenced my life. And I talked about Kevin Osborne uh, in my business life and well, and life in general through the, uh, um, through his just teachings and best practices. But um, I'll say this name, maybe hopefully one last time, uh, Corey Warfield, uh, very big on LinkedIn. He's an amazing individual. He took the time to not only connect with me when I was fairly new in this journey, and but we got to chat on the phone and he was happy that um, that I was going into this direction because he listened. He actively listened to the things I was telling him about myself and what I wanted to do. And then he instructed me with a few different little things. And uh, that is when I really started doing some different uh, unique things on LinkedIn, giving back, giving little tidbits of advice. And it was that conversation. So, And those are the type of people you'll find very giving people on mm-hmm. LinkedIn. That's very cool. I, I like that, uh, you know, you can find those people because a lot of the, a lot of people think, you know, I'm not going to reach out to this someone, reach out to this person just because, you know, they're of certain prominence and, you know, they, they get this a lot and whatnot, but I've been surprised by people that I've reached out to, uh, through other avenues that are willing to share things and you don't know until you try. I mean, you obviously want to be able to provide them some value too, but um, at the same time, you don't know how you can help them until you ask, you know? No, that is, that is correct. I mean, I, I get people now because I have almost 20,000 followers and I do get people now that go, oh, I can't believe you took time to call me. And I'm like, well, why? <laughs> but again, <laughs> I remember the same thing. So I get it. I do. But just remember... You know, we all started somewhere mm-hmm. and not everybody on LinkedIn, you know, is about the mighty dollar. You know, uh, sometimes, you know, people are just very genuine and want to help. Or again, 
you know, maybe Corey, when he had that conversation with me, saw something that I posted and uh, maybe it reminded him of him, you know, yeah. when he was new to the platform. So again, uh, plenty of giving servant leaders on LinkedIn that are just willing to, to help out. So it's an amazing platform. If you're not on it, you're missing out. Yeah. So <clears throat> you mentioned authenticity and, you know, being yourself. Um, what's something that somebody could do uh, to help grow their LinkedIn following kind of the, you know, the LinkedIn one-on-one what's, what's kind of a tip or trick that you might have. Sure. So you're going to get two answers. Okay. Uh, not, you're only going to get one from me, but you would get two, <laughs> you, you could get two answers depending on who you ask. So a lot of people say that I only connect with people in my same industry, same likes. Here's what I have to say. If I would have done that, I would have missed out on so many individuals and I would not be doing what I'm doing today. So I say you reach out to everybody and anybody. Maybe you see a post, you comment, you like what they say, you know, for some reason you, something resonates and you want to connect with them. Now there's not too many requests that I turn down at all. Now, if they try to sell me Bitcoin or whatever, (laughs) right away, I laugh because I still get about, I don't know, four or five a week, I guess. Yeah. Uh, I yeah. think I think they think too, if I have a lot of followers, I must have a lot of money. So maybe I want to buy a Bitcoin, right? And uh, maybe that's probably not the case either way. Uh, but anyway, I would not have learned uh, all the amazing things that, that, that I've learned on LinkedIn using the platform without connecting with whomever. And, uh, you know, the friendships that I've made do nothing what I'm doing now or anything similar to what I did in the past. Hmm. So I connect with everybody and anybody. And uh, again, if if for some reason they say something, then you can block them, remove them, whatever. Mm -hmm. But um, again, don't, I shared this with somebody the other day. I asked them, so wait a minute, all your friends off of LinkedIn all do the same thing you do. Like they go, no, that's stupid. All you know, right, you know, that's what they said. No, I got friends that do all sorts of things. So I go, why would that be any different on any social media platform, especially LinkedIn? Yeah. He goes, oh, okay, I get it. Again, connect with people that something that you like, maybe they went to the same school, uh, posted something again that you liked. And again, just don't worry about it. Be in the moment, learn, share, and you'll grow, your, you'll grow organically over time. So really what you're saying, though, is uh, my method of only connecting with people I know in person or that I've connected with over these Zoom calls is probably not the right strategy. Yeah, you might not grow very fast. And, you know, <laughs> you're only going to learn. You're only going to learn from them. And right. uh, if they don't bring anything unique, uh, you know, that's, that's why I like talking, I like chatting with anybody because. And I'm going to learn something from it. You know, when I'm doing a resume or doing uh, uh, some type of career coaching or interview prep, right? Mm-hmm. I like learning something new about a particular industry that you, you didn't know before. And I get an opportunity to do that multiple times, you know, a day. Uh, yeah. And that's just, it's just interesting. And I think when we go, we go through life, uh, again, it's about continuing to learn And when we learn, we learn way more about ourselves and uh, I think we're just better people for it. Yeah, we definitely learn about ourselves learning from others. I I would absolutely agree with that. 
Um, I've, I've learned a lot about myself, you know, just by talking to other individuals, talking to other entrepreneurs doing this podcast. Like I've learned a ton about myself and of course about other people as well, but uh, I don't typically think of it as that. And then just kind of clicked there as you mentioned that it's like, Oh yeah, I've, I've definitely learned a lot about myself. Um, so you do a little bit of career coaching, uh, you do, you know, LinkedIn coaching, resume coaching, uh, is there a certain profession that is better suited to that? Or is this really transferable across the board? You know, uh, so I, that's a really good question. I get clients a lot of times say, well, Dave, have you ever worked with somebody in this industry? And then I'll just say, no, I mean, I could, I, I could. I could tell a little white lie, right? But I tell them, no, I go, here's what doesn't matter. Regardless um, of what coach you hire, okay, it, the industry does not matter, okay? It's really the client. Can we get enough out of the information out of the client to make sure we know what they want, what they want to do, uh, what they've done, again, to whether it's write them a, you know, a resume or build or help them with their LinkedIn profile or maybe it's some interview prep. Um, it really, again, it does not matter the uh, industry whatsoever. In fact, if, uh, if there's coaches, coaches out there that uh, maybe we get a new client that we've never done this industry before. Well, to be honest, that makes us have to dig and work more and, you know, find more information maybe that, uh, um, but one thing that people are not doing when it comes to resumes they, they have this amazing resume and I've told customers, I've told clients this before. You're, I don't need, you don't need to pay anybody to do your resume period. It is great. I give them some tips and I said, you're not going to pay me for doing this now. However, are you going to use this resume to apply for about three or four of those different positions that you wanted to? And they say, yes. And I say, well, great. You're going to continue to get rejection emails because <laughs> what people don't realize now, it's not good enough. And I'm not trying to pitch something. I provide a service, but I'm not trying to pitch. What I'm trying to tell you is you need to slow down, look at the job description, because what the resume scanning software does, it scans your resume, it scans the job description. If it's not enough of a match, you're going to get that rejection letter within 24 hours, sometimes within a few hours, maybe a day or two. And it is not because you can't do the job. Mm -hmm. It's the computer says, you can't do the job based on the job description. So that being said, you got to slow down, look for those keywords. And uh, one of the services I do provide, again, is that I will scan your resume, send you the results of that so you can see exactly what I see. And then you tell me what, uh, what keywords that you know and use that I can strategically place back in your resume to make sure that it actually gets seen by people. I mean, I can't guarantee, of course, that you're going to get a call, right? right. Nobody, nobody can do that. But you can feel more confident that when you apply for that role, you have a better chance of being seen. And that's where people um, are really missing the boat is slowing down, not using the same resume, but really looking at the keywords and if you don't know what keywords are in a, in a job description, best thing to do, print it out, cross off every just miscellaneous word, mm -hmm. and maybe you'll start seeing some trends. Kind of what the resume scanning software kind of does, kind of. Uh, and then, of course, there's some 
generic do's and don'ts on a resume that uh, most people just don't know that uh, that uh, the resume scanning software then basically doesn't know how to read the resume. Mm -hmm. You don't can't read your resume. You're not going to get uh, you're not going to get past the screening software. Right. And that's something that, uh, you know, in retrospect, I'm, I'm glad this happened because it's led me to the journey where I'm on now. But there was a time where I definitely could have used your services because I, I remember a, a time with a transition uh, for whatever reason. I mentioned this on another podcast, but um, for whatever reason, my job transitions always happen when a baby's being born in my family. So <laughs> not an ideal time to have to change careers. Uh, but there was one point in time where I sent my resume out at least a thousand times from, you know, oh, whatever, whatever company that I wanted to be a part of, I was willing to be a receptionist. I was willing to do whatever, you know, I was applying for, you know, VP position to receptionist position, you know, because I had experience all over the place, but I, I ended up getting two calls out of it is out of a thousand resumes. And it was pretty disheartening. Um, one of them ended up being a job that I did take doing car sales like that. That's what uh, it was def deflating at the time because you're, you're thinking, wow, I'm qualified for the, all these things and uh, nothing against car sales. I actually really liked the job. Um, but it's like, this is the only thing I'm qualified for. Like, you know, it's kind of like that thing. You sell your house, <clears throat> you put your house on the market. You, all the numbers tell you it's worth $300,000. Well, the market tells you what it's really worth. That's right. The, the job market was telling me what I was worth and that was disheartening. However, like I said, it ended up leading me to where I am today and I'm grateful for that. But at the time, had I known that this was an option, it would have been like, Man, this is this is fantastic. I need to be doing this. Um, yeah, that's why I share little tips about. Um, I'm always showing, sharing daily tips like what not to put on your resume because <laughs> I know what the resume scanning software hates, and I share that. I mean, openly, uh, you know, every other day or whatever, depending on what uh, the messages of the day that I'm uh, posting on LinkedIn, whether it's a video or just a message. But I really want people to know again what definitely not to put on there because again uh the, the scanning software hates a lot of different things and the problem is is you know you got dad or grandpa telling you they only have a one-page resume which most people can't get all the things they've done on a one page i'm sorry mm -hmm. so if you're hearing this one page it is what it is i tell clients it's if it's two it's two if it's three it's three if it's one and a half or one and three quarters you know then it is um, but one's just not enough. What I'm seeing lately is just not enough content. Uh, you know, three or four bullet points about a job that you've done for eight years does not tell the story of what you did and not enough on there, not enough meat on there for the scanning software to ever accept it. So, um, it's not about what you can, that you can do the job because those will get you the interview that will get the interview. But making sure that the you know the software can and it, it, is it fair? No, I don't. You know, so many people, hundreds, thousands of people are playing for the same one job. Right. That's why you have to slow down when you when you when before you submit that resume. Yeah, and it'd be interesting to get you together with uh, another person I interviewed, uh, Prem Kumar, who has a uh, a company that uses artificial intelligence to uh, go over your resume before it ever uh, sees any any person. But 
his his whole goal is to improve the uh, candidate experience as well as you know qualify people. What do you, what do you think the future is for resumes? Sure, uh, you know what um, this is what I tell my clients daily. So the resume gets you, you know, seen, but then people are really going to where not to face. They're not looking at. They're not spying on your, you know your uh, drunk fest on, uh, on Facebook anymore, or they're, you know, whatever. Uh, they're headed over to LinkedIn. So your LinkedIn profile, people don't take advantage of all the things and all the, the things that you can showcase on your LinkedIn profile. People just don't take enough advantage of. It really needs to be your resume on steroids. It right. needs to be your resume and then a lot more because there's so much more you can do on your LinkedIn profile without being active on the, on the platform. But there's just so much you can do. So, you know, the resume is not going to go away. But again, that having that amazing LinkedIn profile, um, you know, as where people are gravita- uh, gravitating towards and recruiters and hiring managers, if you don't know this, they scan, they can scan your LinkedIn profile. They can actually save anybody's profile as a PDF. They can scan your, your LinkedIn profile just like a resume. So why wouldn't you want everything that is on your resume, on your profile, plus some to, uh, you know, to have you stand out uh, amongst the, you know, the others. Yeah. And one thing I think that you've alluded to uh, that you keep talking about one way to stand out is video, right? Oh, yes. Um, you know, uh, there's plenty of places in your about section. You can post video, you can post documents. You can post links to websites. People don't take advantage of that. In your about section, um, in your work experience, you can actually post little documents and videos. Um, but you know, yeah, in your about section, if you're say you're really actively looking for work and you don't have a job, shoot a two two minute video talking about again something special because now that recruiter is getting ready to call a couple applicants. And maybe they see that. Now they get to hear it from you. They hear your passion about talking about whatever you're talking about for maybe two or three minutes. And I'm not talking about posting just a, a post, but post a video, maybe onto a website, uh, and then link it in your about section. Somebody can now, you know, hear, actually hear from you. And you know what? Again, uh, it's just going to make your profile and make the reason that they were about to call you and really. Uh, you know, they're going to really pick up that phone and actually give you a call because of, uh, of the content that you put on there. That's, that's awesome. I didn't realize you could put a video in the about section. So <clears throat> that, I mean, obviously I know you could do it for posts and things like that, but that's, that's cool to, that's a little, little neat trick that uh, can definitely make a difference to help you stand out against someone else. Oh yeah, it could be maybe uh, maybe you did a presentation at work that you're allowed to put on there, and you're not going to put the whole thing, but maybe you tailor it down. I had a client recently that uh, had this very um, amazing kind of a, a speech presentation. He cut it down to about three minutes and a couple a couple of videos, and put that as an about section. And that is amazing because if you're connecting, maybe you're just connecting with an individual, right? Maybe he's not maybe looking for work or whatever. But right now, but after watching that, you know what he's passionate about. One, you know, he's a great public speaker, but yep. one, you can hear his passion even in two, you know, two, three minutes. And again, that's just going to make him stand out regardless, you know, somebody's trying to connect with him, vice versa, or, you know, he's looking for, 
you know, a new, uh, new job. Again, that's where people don't realize all those things that you can do on that LinkedIn profile. So even if you have that amazing resume, mm-hmm. you got to get that LinkedIn profile, you know, up to speed. Yeah. Absolutely. So of course, I'll make sure to put, you know, a link in the description of the podcast here, new LinkedIn and um, your, your information. But uh, before I get to the last question, are there any shout outs that you want to give out there? Or where, where's the best place to be for people to find out more information about you? Well, I, when I am not talking to a client, uh, I am on LinkedIn. So the best thing to do is just find me on LinkedIn, message me, uh, you know, check out some of my daily uh, videos and, and, and shares. And I, uh, I think you'll find them, uh, you know, uh, helpful. And like I said, you'll, you'll find out I'm willing to connect with everybody and anybody. So come on in. And if you don't want to connect with me, you can always just follow me to, to see my daily uh, shares and stuff. So that's the best place to follow me. Very cool. You've definitely given a lot of uh, great advice uh, on this podcast today. And I'm, I'm very grateful for that. But I want to ask you just to you know, whether related to business or personal, what is it that excites you about the future? Sure. So, um, I, I know for, I know for me, you know, a, a year from now, maybe I'm not writing that many resumes, right. Uh, or, or doing something else. Uh, you know, I'm starting to get, uh, more than a few different, uh, businesses that are reaching out to me and asking them how they can, you know, you know, gain more traction using LinkedIn. So, I think sometimes when entrepreneurs first get into business, they maybe they only think about one little niche. Be open to, you know, sometimes it's hard to have your irons in a lot of fires, right? But, mm-hmm. you know, let things naturally come. And when you build relationships, guess what? You get ideas, right? Uh, you get partnerships. Uh, and how do you get more ideas? You got to interact with more people. And, True. you know, during our day, Maybe you, you know, get in the car, you drive to Starbucks, you get your say hello to the barista, you go to work, you come home. You don't interact with a lot of different people a lot of the times. Even at work, we sure. interact with the same people. So LinkedIn's a great place to interact with different unique people that, uh, you know, can influence, uh, you, you know, your business. And you never know what you're going to, that business is going to morph into. Mm-hmm. But I think you can just naturally kind of let it, you know, uh, there's goals and stuff that I have for, for this year and things that I want to do, but I'm going to let them, you know, build uh, naturally. I think. Very cool. Yeah. I, I agree that you do need to be open to uh, those, ch- those changes and things. I mean, if you would have asked me what I thought last year, um, hustle energy would be a podcast wasn't even on the horizon. Like I never know, but <clears throat> here I am. <laughs> and uh, I've really enjoyed it and really enjoyed the experience and definitely enjoyed uh, talking with you today, David. And um, I appreciate that you took time out of your day in between all that you've got going on and, you know, trying to build this new business of yours. So I, I appreciate uh, the time. Well, I really appreciate you having me on uh, and uh, just allowing me to share, you know, my journey because it could be, uh, you know, a stepping stone for uh, somebody else. And that's, that's what I enjoyed uh, sharing today. So thank you very much. Yeah, no problem. I'm sure my audience is going to definitely resonate with the, you know, all the things that you've talked about with LinkedIn and even, you know, just careers in general. So I, I appreciate it again, but uh, to anybody who's listened, 
I know I got value out of this. So I know you got value out of this. So get out there and hustle the day. Thanks for listening to the Hustle the Day podcast all the way through. I really appreciate that. I just want to let you know that I help small businesses with their online strategy. So if you or anyone that you know needs help with their online strategy and owns a small business, I'm your guy. Go ahead and connect with me at Trent V. Bray on Instagram or TrentVBray.com.